Okay, I'm gonna go. So, hello, you lovely listeners. Welcome back to Pod UK. I'm Anthea, your host. Um, so definitely have missed doing this. I haven't done it in quite a while. Um, there's been reasons for that. Of course, we want to be consistent in all sorts, but there has been life factors. But today, I'm getting to do a really exciting episode. See how cheery I am with my advertising mother, as I call you. Would you like to introduce yourself, mommy? <laughs> Hello, I'm Carol Davids, and I'm a creative director currently at The Elephant Room. Woohoo! A little clap for you. So I'm really excited to be with you because, of course, it was always a great chat with you and you've taken me in and you're so lovely to me and you're somebody that has a lot to share. Okay. So I'm going to be prying today and asking some Feelings questions. Feelings mutual, actually. Yeah. I so. feel like that's why, that's why I feel so comfortable to call you mother. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's something that people usually do in the um, professional setting, but definitely feel like I've built a relationship with you that I can do that. So I'm just going to ask you the questions I guess I asked you when I first met you. Do you think it'd be interesting to like say how I met you, how I reached out to you and stuff? Um, yes. Oh yeah, I feel like I might just do a little bit of that. So Carol was, you involved with something with Pitch? Yes, yeah, so um, Sherry Collins over at Pitch was um, doing a sort of call out into the industry to find senior leaders in creative positions that were black women. And one of the people that were mentioned that kept coming up was Carol. So, of course, being in my position at the time, um, being an aspiring young creative, being a black female, I was looking to sort of, I was really interested in the search, seeing what was coming up, because it was very disheartening to know that there wasn't much reflection on myself at the time. So I was really intrigued to see what she found. Um, Carol was one of the people that were consistently um, mentioned so I reached out to you and I just I can't remember what I said to you particularly but I just said that I'm really interested in hearing about your career and your journey I just think that I could be inspired by what you've done and ever since then you've been nothing but lovely to yeah. me ever since the first day and I remember sitting downstairs in this building so we're actually at the ministry today recording um, yeah I sat downstairs in this building and then you just told me of your career and I was in awe of all the things you come up with so I guess that's what we're going to be going through today. So I don't know. Do you feel comfortable to do like the beginning to just explain it the way you explained yeah. it to me, like the way you started Absolutely. off? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I'll just go back actually a little bit um, about when we first met and yeah. how um, it felt actually for me when when Sherry first put out that um, call out to all black female creative directors and um, she wanted to find the first black female creative director yeah. in. in but I don't know if she meant London or if she meant the UK. Yeah. Um, I My first uh, role as creative director would have been in a Manchester agency called McCann Erickson. And um, it was quite interesting, really, that I found the question in itself quite surprising. Mm. Um, and also, I, I suppose I felt a little bit ashamed that I hadn't really championed myself throughout yeah. my career yeah um and it did make me think to myself yes you know I've been a creative director quite a long time and I've been in the industry definitely I would say probably nearly definitely catching up to 30 years so I'm quite elderly um <laughs> but you know I did think to myself yes you know I probably should have been a lot more um prolific in actually publicizing the fact that I had been in the creative industry but I think you know, for me, when I started out, I went to art school in, in Manchester, decided to change my career from being um, a painter, artist, if you like, to uh, 
pushing forward and then deciding to go into more the commercial side. Mm. And there was an advertising course that was attached to my degree course, so I went for advertising. Mm. And um, at the time, I um, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do advertising, but my tutor had suggested it. Um, so I tried it, and I was actually, you know, reasonably was that the good at it. First time you ever heard about advertising, like. Um, would I say I went to art school because it was always going to be yeah. that thing I was either going to be an artist or a doctor and I know that sounds very okay, odd right, yeah. I'm half Indian and half black yeah. and my Indian family are, are doctors yeah. and there was that slight um, well I'm not going to be a doctor yeah. you know, in there but I also I found art quite easy at the time easy for the standard that I needed for myself I guess and what was interesting about um, the commercial side of art was actually there was a lot more thinking and strategic thinking in advertising. And I quite liked the fact that it was all geared to communications. And actually, what I liked about the idea of advertising was it was still quite, you still got to have fun and be artistic, but you could actually see the reaction that, what that would happen. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, with just being an artist, it's just you you alone, you paint what you think is right, and then yeah, you hope it sells. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so what happened was, when I finished my um, degree course, I'd actually already done a couple of placements, and I'd done one in McCann's Manchester, and at the time, if I'm really honest, I was quite fickle, and they had a lovely big swimming pool, and it was out yeah. in a big country park, and I just thought, Oh, I'd like this, please. Yeah. And um, I went up to them and I'd, I'd sort of said to them, look, you know, um, I'd really like to work here and I'll work here for nothing uh, just to get experience. Yeah. Um, and then I'd been there, well, probably about three months and they realised um, only when I told them that actually I wouldn't really be able to afford to fund myself getting out there any longer. Yeah. They realised that they'd forgotten to tell me that I actually had the job. Right. Um, so they again, again gave me a job and actually what was really great then was I probably was only there maybe two years and after my two years they said, would I like to be an associate director? What was your title when you first got the job? That when I first got the job I would have been, then in those years you would have been called a junior art director. Were you an art director who worked with a copywriter or you were just like... At the time when you're first starting out you generally, if... It was the case then, but we didn't really work in teams in the Which uni. is interesting, because I feel like that's such a massive thing that they expect of you now in this day and age, trying to come into the industry. They're always trying to pair you off at some point, whether they're like, oh yeah, we want you, we want diverse talent, that's fine. But you have to pair up with somebody at some point. So whether you pair up when you go to some sort of like short course or something, or maybe you come into the agency in some sort of diversity and inclusion scheme and then they pay you off and that's it. That, I think it depends on the type of degree that you do. Yeah. And obviously I could have gone into fine art or I could have gone into commercial art but also there is a course that, and apparently it's a very good course, it's a year course that so you can do at Watford. Um, yeah. The Watford course, they do pair people up. Yeah, I think Lydia mentioned it on one of the episodes. I think that was episode three. Yeah. But yeah as we're saying. And I was only, what, 22 when I started out so I'd kind yeah. of just, you know, I was just a junior and basically what would happen then is you would be paired up with a group of more senior creatives. So there'd be a team, a copywriter and an art director. You would be the junior and then there would be the senior team. So it Mm. might be like a group of five and then you would work on a brand with them and you would be that team's junior Mm. and that's how you learn really and it was a really good way to learn within an agency I mean at the time McCann Erickson probably had about 150 people in Mm. Um, and we were working on quite big brands it's what you would call above the line Mm. Um, so obviously everything from making commercials to shooting fashion okay yeah I was just wondering if you could like 
actually define above the line because that's like one of the lingos I think as a young person coming into the industry everybody uses and it's sort of like they expect you to know what's going on but you don't you know there's it's lots quite of weird isn't like it that, because so. I think people do use that term now but I think when I first came into advertising it would probably have been what you would call today through the line which means that um, you would tailor the work to suit the brand and the budget. Mm. So if the brand couldn't afford a TV commercial, then it wouldn't be a TV commercial that you Mm. pushed. And if it didn't need one, you wouldn't. So, for example, I also worked on a lot of fashion and interior brands. I worked on lots of um, home improvement brands, paint companies, um, also, you know, wallpaper companies. I worked on lots of fashion brands that weren't actually doing television at the time, mm. but they were, you know, there were lots of big shoots abroad. I mm. think my first shoot was probably three-week shoot in Miami, and I was probably only, what, 23 then. Mm. Um, went out with photographers, did Amazing. a big shoot, and it was great, you know, mm. and that was for, was just for stills and for print work. Mm. Um, you know, and actually, I suppose, also in the provinces of, of say, like Manchester... Um, Birmingham, those sorts of areas. The work tends to be more through the line. It did tend to be more through the line. It was in the London shops were having like much sort of bigger accounts that were maybe just TV accounts. Mm. Um, but obviously, I got to do a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose I cut my teeth there in, in Manchester and um, yeah. was then asked um, if I wanted to move down to London because yeah. uh, luckily I was in a, a global network agency yeah, yeah. like McCann's yeah. and. Um, they asked me if I wanted to go down to London and work there, and um, I did. Um, mm. I wasn't sure when they first asked me; it was a no, and I thought, I don't know if I'm going to like London. And it was uh, a little bit of a, a scary kind of realization when I moved down here. I did find it a little bit unfriendly, and and also yeah. very expensive. And you're a very friendly person, so I see how that might be throw, like throwing you off. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and I found it quite um, difficult because I suppose by this time I was kind of nearly 30 and I just thought to myself, oh gosh, you know, how am I going to afford to buy a place to live? Mm. Um, because obviously I managed to have my own flat, yeah. drove a car, yeah. everything was very kind of normal yeah. mm. and I came down here and it was very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was my first change. And then um, what was good was the brands were a little bit bigger and I... I um, got myself into what we call FMCG, fast-moving commodities, um, things like food, which food brands down here were generally above the line and you were always sort of doing TV commercials, stuff like that. But what I was really interested in was the insights behind those brands, uh, which I thought were really, you know, that was the bit that really interested me. I think it got my brain working mm-hmm. and I really loved insights. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of people would say about Carol in me that, you know, I was very um, insights driven. Mm. Um, I didn't just kind of come up with a creative idea. It was generally based on an insight. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose my work at McCann's in London then um, was mainly for a lot of food brands and that's probably where I sort of netted out in being, you know, I was kind of known for food. Yeah. Um, did quite a lot of big campaigns there. Yeah. Um, and Do you know. say how long you were there for in London? In London, I was probably there for about five or six years um, yeah. in the cans. Yeah. And then I got um, poached to go and work at Leo Burnett. Right, yeah. And I went to work for Leo Burnett and I worked there for another sort of five years. Um, and then something happened which was quite interesting because um, 
as I say, I was always interested in the strategic side of advertising. Mm. And obviously, I was a creative director running quite a lot of big global brands. And what's really nice about that is you can sort of, you're on that journey with the clients to try and make the brand into, you know, a better, shift it into a better place. But what was really interesting was that Simon Cowell had a couple of brands, obviously, namely X Factor and Britain's Got Talent. And he (laughs) himself um, understood that actually mass market brands um, really needed kind of to have strategic thinking behind them. And he had two brands at the time, X Factor and Britain's Got Talent. And they did seem very similar yeah and he wanted to know whether that you know he could take somebody from advertising yeah and you know put it into his brand and maybe i could do the same for his brands as yeah. i've done for some of the big brands i'd worked on mm. um and so he poached me from from leo Burnett and i well i was very flattered and said yes yeah of course as you would be <laughs> yeah and it's a great business i mean don't get me wrong it's a really interesting business and i thought it was really interesting that i could transfer my skills from being a creative in advertising to being a creative in television um and anyway i got there and i, I did know a few people there and i and i kind of got how how the brands worked um but the thinking's different yeah it's a lot more fast moving mm. and um you know, you're basically working week to week. Mm. So on a Wednesday, you'd get the results of the TV mm. show, and then you'd then that would be your oh gosh, you know, if it hadn't worked, you'd have to pull mm. it and start again. Um, the thinking wasn't the same as with advertising. The process mm. is slightly different. It's a lot faster moving, and to be honest, I missed my world of advertising. Mm. I really yeah. did. Yeah. Um, so I did a year there. Mm. Really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm I'm never going to say I wasn't. Um, you know, I didn't. I regret being in yeah. that world. I did love it. And I did take a few things with me that I'd learnt in advertising and um, put them into his his brands. Um, but then when I left there, I then went to an agency called Karmarama. You're right, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was really good fun. Um, really cool bloke there called um, Dave Bonaguidi, who was, is really creative and really interesting. Um, and I worked there then for about a year. And then... Um, a mate of mine decided, you know, and asked me. She was coming back from maternity leave and said, "Would I fancy going freelance?" Yeah. And then I, so I, I just thought, well, maybe this is it. You know, maybe we should try the freelance world. Mm. Um, I'd been at Leo Burnett, you know, and generally for me, what had happened in my career is after I'd left McCann's in Manchester, I'd actually gone to London, worked on great brands and the reason that I'd then moved had generally been either for a brand that I'd been offered um, that really pushed me, like I'd been offered Special K at Leo Burnett and the ECD then, who was John Burley, mm. was just amazing and still is amazing mm. and uh, that was what drove me to move um, in Karmarama, it was Dave Bonaguidi but now being faced with this decision to go freelance it was kind of like that time when I thought maybe this is, you know, it's I'm moving for Carol Davids instead. Mm. Maybe this is something I should be doing for me. Yeah. So um, we went freelance. Uh, and, and as yeah, a creative was, team? As a creative team. Okay, right, yeah. Um, and it was fun. It was fun. We had a good time, you know. It was, it was good fun. Um, and this is where I suppose I'm, I was kind of like a... a very driven female, yeah. love to work. I overwork if anything, and if anybody who's worked with yeah. me would, would say, most people <laughs> would say I'm slightly, I'm probably a workaholic. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, greedy, I would say, to mm-hmm. be honest. I always said I was a very greedy, which is probably why I like to work on food brands. Um, but my partner, you know, she, she had a life and she had a really good work-life balance. And I guess, yeah. you know, um, for her, it was better for her to kind of... She had children, she had other yeah. ideas that she wanted to do, which was great. Yeah. And so... Um, every time we went to an agency, we were always asked if you wanted to stay at the agency. Yeah. Um, and I, um, we'd gone to one agency called Hey Human, and I just they'd kind of said, Carol, would you stay? Um, yeah. We'd done a bit of pitching for them. I'd won a couple of brands, and um, it meant that I would be running a brand. And mm. I guess I went to Hey Human based on the fact that I, I could run this brand. Yeah. Um. So I, I went there and then um, stayed there for a couple of years and then was asked to um, consider joining the Elephant Room. Yeah. Which is really which interesting. Which is where you are now. Yeah. How long were you at Hey Human for before you were asked to consider joining the Elephant Room? Well, probably shouldn't legally say when I was asked. Right. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Not like literally when, I'm saying yeah. like in general yeah. how long do you work at Hey Human yeah. is what I'm trying to say. At Hey Human, I would say it's about three years. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I was then offered this job at the Elephant Room, and it's really interesting because they've got a really interesting um, proposition, which is obviously all about you know making sure that um, we're all about diversity yeah. and really about diversity. It's not just a kind of word. It's yeah. actually you know if you if you yeah. meet us, you'll know that that's what we're all about. And it's if actually you ever about spend a day in the office just because you guys are very welcoming like every time I come in no one really says who's this person sitting in the office no one really wonders what I'm doing there I just sit at a desk and it's as if I'm literally working there so to visit Elephant Room you do genuinely get an idea that they're very welcoming and very welcoming of a balance of people and you guys yeah the work you create reflects that the events you do reflects that the people you have in the office reflects that the the insights and things that you promote all reflect that so as you're saying just yeah. to I think what's interesting is that um, I actually introduced you to the Elephant yes, Room before exactly. I met the Elephant Room. Is that, um, oh, did yeah, you? because what had happened was I remember you, you came Kate to my Shelley. agency, and I knew I knew them, but only sort of vaguely. And I thought, okay, well, yeah. actually, this would be a really good fit for you. Yeah. So I'd gone downstairs to introduce you to yeah, I to thought they were close friends. I didn't really know Shani at the time. No, yeah, okay. So funny enough, this is actually good because in previous episodes we've done recordings with Shani Mears and Wilder Group, who both work at, um, at Elephant Room, and Carol was the connection between myself and Shani, and now Shani and I are also very good industry buddies. We're just good friends as, in general, but it was because of you, so more testament to you that you are very good in being my advertising mother and like looking out for me and connecting me to places. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the timeline now, so from beginning to end, well, to where you are now, what you've done. So to like sort of um, go back to certain stages, I think I have different questions at different stages of the time that you described. Maybe thinking about, um, firstly, the as you were saying, maybe that you felt you were a bit disappointed in yourself at some stage, that you hadn't um, promoted yourself enough? Yeah. Yeah, just to quickly touch on that. Um, do you think that's because of how advertising was? in the like at the time and maybe I well from what I can tell coming into advertising in recent times it seems very um it seems a very social industry there's always an event and there's always a, um, an opportunity to network and connect and I think that's what's been so for me helpful in meeting people and building my network and also it seems at the time where people build 
it's funny because everyone works on building like building up brands and giving brands a, a voice and an image and you know and giving brands a full package but I feel like nowadays people do work on building themselves as their very own brand mm-hmm. do you think that's more do you think if you would like it was it's more in the current times that people are promoting themselves or do you think it's personally that you just wasn't promoting yourself enough no I think it's more that is definitely a shift yeah I don't think people did mm. uh, push themselves then I think and um when that message first went out and they were looking for you know people who'd been in the industry a long and for a long time as in particular black women mm. um i kind of realized that actually i think the first woman i ever met in advertising was a lady called joe hodges who has sadly passed away now and she um came from manchester but then came down to london and had done some really amazing campaigns and so for me she was always the first black woman to be in advertising and i suppose i i was in agencies and i probably i don't remember any other black creatives in Mm. my agencies that i was at ever um but i I guess i was i was always from that world of a lot of the time i was the only black face um and i know a lot of people have said to me, you know, how is it to be a woman in advertising? But that was never my Your thing. my biggest worry. My biggest worry was probably that I was actually the black face. And I suppose yeah. um, it was just of its time. And I had been to lots of industry events, as you were yeah, talking yeah. about the social situation. Yeah. I remember once being at um, an award ceremony and somebody asking me for more gravy on table five actually it was to be specific and um at the time time, i was um and i I suppose i'd learned how to deal with that kind of comment yeah so i did go and get the gravy called the gravy gravy for the table then let them watch me go and sit back down at my own table yeah and and let them cope with the shame that they had asked me that question right but you know that did happen a lot very well i just thought it isn't really my problem yeah that's that's honestly i'm sorry i just honestly have to touch on that i think that's such an amazing thing that you've wrapped up so i think in my time i've had issues not necessarily in advertising as of yet because i think we're in a time of diversity talks at least but in my life, I've had sort of massive racial interactions, or racially charged interactions. And I had one situation where I was sort of harboring the grudge so much that I was making it my mission to make sure that this person wasn't allowed in the establishment that I worked in. And I was making it, it was like my consistent job that I had to always remind people to care about the fact that I had been offended in my workplace. So my workplace, so they were acting like they cared, but only once, only 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 upon being reminded that I was offended, you know, if I wasn't mm. there one week, then this person was allowed to gallivant and come in and do as they were doing. And it was only, you know, I wasn't really getting the support. And as you said, at some point I realised that this is their issue to harbour and not mm. mine. And harbouring it myself is was making me... It was make, I was then making it my thing. I was making their hate my issue. So I think that was an amazing thing that you said. Is I think it's really good advice if you're ever going into a situation where you're wondering how to cope as other, do you know, especially for diverse people of different, I guess, upbringings and cultural backgrounds and things. If you're coming into advertising, it's definitely a really nice thing to hear to sort of remind yourself that it's not about you, it's about them. So 
yeah but as you were saying did I interrupt something were you no, in the middle no, of something no no that Sorry. was just me answering yeah so that was so I guess that was my first question in terms of um, promoting yourself and that kind of thing yeah I was quite shy I, th- yeah. I think I was shy I think I did have yeah. an awful lot of um, opportunities um, but I was actually quite shy yeah. about um, pushing that and I was also very conscious that I didn't want to be a token either yeah. I didn't want to push anything because I was I was black yeah. either I didn't want to you know I didn't want that to be that way and I guess uh, for me I actually assumed that the creative industries were mm. comfortable industries for people of colour to be in mm. anyway um, yeah and, I, and yeah I suppose the only other thing where I think I consciously um, held back a bit was probably um, when I was presenting mm. I would always make sure that I I never yeah. stood when I presented, okay. and I th- I made and I did that purposely because I just felt that and this might be a really sort of um, you know something that probably offends people but I didn't want to be what people could sometimes say about me that if I ever got passionate about something people might try and throw that thing around that oh angry black woman mm. and in it always. It always worried me within my career that that might too, happen. To so, look too passionate or to yeah, be... Yeah, we weren't allowed our passions. Out. You wanted to be very sort of mellow and just palatable. Well, I just kind of just thought, I'm just going to... I just want to always chat. And actually, it's a, it's a... I suppose it's a style that suits me anyway. Yeah. So I didn't need to be the kind of madman sort of like yeah, you didn't want standing at the table, beating the table and telling yeah. you why this was right for your yeah. for your brand. Yeah. I actually saw myself as, you know, the client has given me this baby. Mm. I've now got the baby and I need to show her that I'm actually going to nurture that baby and make it into something wonderful yeah. and have a conversation with the client yeah. rather than talk at the client. Yeah. So I would always sit and speak to people yeah, yeah. in a very sort of more of a conversational way rather than speak at them. Yeah. Um, some people say, what, why were you doing that, Carol? But I kind of, I guess I wanted to get to know the client and that's why I did it. But I also did it because I thought, I'm not going to come in here and um, I'm, I'm worried that you might think I'm a scary black woman. And I know that's terrible to admit, but mm. I think in my early years as a creative, when I first went in and was presenting, mm. that's that was my concern because those things had been thrown at me a couple of times. Yeah, so that's actually very interesting insight in that. Although as much as you are saying it's your style, and I see that now, because I think at this stage you're probably quite comfortable doing things that way. And I don't see you as a person to stand up and present. I think it is very in your character. But even the fact that you had to consciously be aware that if you do, yeah. if you were your style and you were going against your style, you couldn't even do what's natural to yeah. you. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think, if you were to speaking to me as a young person coming into advertising, specifically a black young creative coming into advertising, would you, and I said to you, Carol, I'm worried about presenting, how do you think I should carry myself in the room what would you be your advice to me I'd like, say something that's really cliched now and it's but it is personal and it doesn't really matter what colour you are what sex you are but I would say be true to yourself and yeah. that was one of the things that um, for me I've had some really good bosses and one of my bosses um, once said to me Carol you need to be real sized and what's great about that sentence is um, when I'm not true to myself I will self-sabotage. Yeah. 
So uh, just be true to yourself. If you're comfortable with where you're at, that's fine. If you're mm-hmm. ever not comfortable, listen to that and ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's been like, if I'm in a situation where my role is too small and I'm pretending to be too small, mm-hmm. there's something inside me that will sab- sabotage that. Yeah. You know, so I mustn't pretend to be too small. Yeah. There is a really great poem, I don't know if you know the poem, um, which is all about the fact that, you know, you shouldn't really kind of hide that light in yourself. Yeah, no. Um, that you have no right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think Nelson Mandela says it as well. Okay, yeah. Which is that you shouldn't hide who you really are. You've got no right to... You've been given that gift, use it. Yeah. Um, and I think when, you know, for anybody young coming into into the industry, try it. And if you don't like it, don't feel afraid to get out of it. Yeah. And try it and try different variations of it. You know, mm. there's lots of, every agency have it has its own different personality. Mm. And there's lots of different types of roles in, in advertising. Yeah. You know, luckily, like you said to me about teams, yeah. they're not always in teams. Sometimes creatives are better on their own. It's weird because I hear a lot about creative teams and I feel like, that's almost a little bit of a has been a hindrance for me in the sense that I think I don't know if it's other people projecting it onto me or myself projecting it back or whatever it is but it's like one thing is that you're not in a creative team you don't have that sort of that 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 power to approach big agencies to go in as one you know strength in numbers thing to go go in as one force one singular person kind of I think you have to be a lot. You can't just be a good creative with, with, with something to add, which yeah, is what I think, I, think I am. Also, I might not be the I most... I think the word diverse, it should be about how diverse you are creatively yeah. as well. So it's it's that thing of, of what's great about the elephant room is that let's find the right person for the right job. Yeah. And I think if I go back to my own career and I say, you know, Simon Carroll actually did poach me and he poached me not knowing anything about television. The reason he poached me was because he thought that woman understands um, mass market yeah. audiences. Mm. And mm. I, I've got some brands that need somebody who understands mass market audiences. Yeah. He saw something in that yeah. uh, and decided to you know, ask me if I would transfer my skills to mm. his brands. And I think that's it. I think it's just finding the person that's right for the brand. I've just shot, um, what, 15 small films and two big films with somebody who has been a director for two years, but he mm. trained to be an architect. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a creative. Yeah. yeah. And, okay, he might go back to be an architect mm. in a couple of years' time, but right now he wants to be a director, mm. and he's a great director. Yeah. And it, he, it really suited the films, mm. and I can see it in the films, and that's mm. brilliant. And I just think, just find the right person for the right job, you know, and I think there's never been a more exciting time when people can actually... Just do what feels good yeah. and not feel afraid to change at any moment. And I think change is the big word now. Mm. You know, embrace that change. But the change in you, not just the change in the world. Mm. You know, don't just, you don't have to just follow everyone, do you? I mm. might wake up in the morning and think, actually, maybe I should have been a doctor. And there was a time when I did think, <laughs> should I go and do my four years at St. Thomas's and, mm. and actually go and be, you know, trained to be a doctor now? Sorry. I have a question about your your major your big how am I going to word this? I have a question about one of the big campaigns that you did. That's probably I'm sorry. I know I always bring it up. But it's very iconic to me because I grew up watching this, and it's one of the but it's, it's as I was saying it's reached mass audiences and a lot of people will know about it. 
Am I allowed? Am I allowed to talk yes. about it? Yes. yes. So Carol is the. So I think you should describe how if you were your position in coming up with the idea because I think you'll be better. You'll phrase it better. So. Okay. So when I went um, to McCann's London. Um, I worked on a lot of food brands, but one of the brands I worked on was called Cereal Partners. And Cereal Partners are, if you like, um, the sort of they're like a cereal brand, but they own probably about five or six major uh, cereal brands. And one of those brands is called Shreddies, which are like little tiny squares. I um, eat them every and day. basically, <laughs> what happened was the brand had an issue in the fact that uh, the brand was failing. Actually. It's made of a kind of multi-taste. Mm. And this brand had, at the time, been around for about 25 years. They couldn't... Uh, it was being de... I mean, I can say this. It was being delisted on the, on the shop floor. And it was, it was a case of, what can we do to try and help this brand? Mm. And we had a really good planner. And I actually work really well with planners. And I, we had this really good planner called Nikki Crumpton, who is excellent. Um, and... She uh, was always into creatives being able to kind of fully immerse themselves in brands and arranged for us to go and visit the factory. Mm. And we'd gone to visit the factory um, somewhere outside of Liverpool, I think it was. And we went to this factory. I had to put on about three or four different hairnets just to cover my then afro at the time. (laughs) And um, went into this factory and I couldn't believe when I saw this product being made, how it was being made. It was like a huge knitting machine. And all these strands of of wheat were being sort of like almost weaved together to make these little tiny pillows. And I was so shocked that I just thought, gosh, it reminds me, and I'm old enough to have remembered this, reminds me of when when I was a young child, how we used to have to knit little squares and send them to poorer countries for charity. And I thought, gosh, I like little knitted squares. And and then we came up with this campaign. And at the time I was working with somebody called John Hurst, who was my writer at the time. And we were both creative directors and we came up with this idea of um, that shreddies were so delicious because they were actually knitted by nanas. Amazing. These little <laughs> ladies. And we had this campaign run and it, and it probably ran from, I think that was like probably 2007 and it was running from 2007. Apparently it sort of ran for about 10 years. Yeah. And it lifted the brand way out of, you know, where it had been and actually got it back on the shelf and actually... It was really good fun, and and I think the first commercial I shot for them was out in Poland in this huge factory with about 100, 120 old ladies knitting, <laughs> um, and it was really fun. It was just a really fun, idea. fun way to sort of you know try and communicate why this product would be nice, and it actually gave everybody you know a new sort of a love for the brand and actually got them back where they were. And I think that's where I that's what I like about the job I do yeah. is that. It's only good when you can see the result it has yeah. on the brand. You know, at the end of the day, it is, uh, it is you yeah. know, we do have to be sort of solution-based. Um, and that's when creative is, is really powerful. So, yeah, it was really good fun for me. And I'm obviously waiting in the wings to do my next one. I'm ready, really. Speaking of the result it had, I just want to say, I have a box of shreddies all the time on top of my fridge. And... Is because of this lady. I just wanted to put some emphasis on how iconic it is because you might not realize the mass, you might not realize the reach. But me coming to you as a young creative, I'm like, it's because of you that I even looked at Shreddies and it's my favorite, like one of my favorite cereals. It's on top of my fridge because I'm a very basic person. I like things like Special K, you know, simple cereals. But because of that, yes, <laughs> very basic cereals. But because of that, those that, because of you, I actually focused on it and I was like, Mum. 
I need the cereal that's knitted bananas. And ever since I've been eating it, do you know, mm-hmm. it's honestly very impactful and, an, and a very iconic story to hear how you came up with the idea, the fact yeah. that you went in and you had this process. And this is literally, literally what, there. this is literally a very good, that's a very good um, yeah. explanation of what it is to be a creative and advertising. You, it's inspiration and mm-hmm. making it into a dream that you put onto yeah. TV and that the reason resonates is, with people. And it, obviously, yeah. most people say, well, why was it a nana? Well, I couldn't go knitted by machine. Yeah. So I kind of thought, you know, who is it that would make you something that you'd think is made with love? And I mm. guess that's the thing is that most people go with fair gran or granny or nana, whichever you like to call it, um, them, I should say. Um, it would be that person that yeah. made you something special for you. So, yeah, that's how we... We came up with campaign, and I do have to say, a campaign is never just about just creative. So, mm. as, a, as you heard, I, I I talk about the planners and also the accountant yeah, yeah. have to help you sell that, you know. And yeah. I have to say, all those people that that helped work on that, we, you know, we were really proud of what we'd done then for the brand. So, yeah, good. So, I think my final question to you would be now. Um, I think based, I think trying to knock out some more advice, although you've shared some absolute gems already, but just trying to knock out some more advice of my generation and younger and things like that. So um, as a mentor figure, what would you sort of say the most, the most, the quality that will help you go furthest in this industry would be the way you look at it? What do you see in a young person? You're like, you are definitely going to go far. I think the thing is, is never to stop um, learning. Mm. And I know that sounds a bit sort of, you know, like your mum speaking, but I think the what I, what I like in people is people who are hungry for knowledge and people who are inquisitive. Yeah. And, you know, as in the creative industry, obviously, once you get into an agency, yes, it is a building, mm. but outside of, of the building are mm. lots of um, really great sort of... Uh, of sort of inspirational things I, I obviously we live in London um, you know there's lots of theatre there's lots of art there's lots of stuff going on that can help feed your brain mm. you know to then obviously have an impact on the work that you do and I think um, for most young people I think if I spot a, a good creative it's generally a person who's got an ability to think differently I mm. guess um, that's what I see in creative people is, is people who are kind of and that could be just in the way they speak and what they're wearing. It could be anything, yeah. but I, I think I can spot it, really. Yeah. And I think also, be be brave. Yeah. You know, be brave and challenge things. So I think if people come in and see me and they, they look at a piece of work that we've done and, and they don't really like it, that's absolutely fine, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's fine to have your own opinion and not to be afraid of, of um, you know, don't be told that this is right because it's right. Mm. Question everything, really, mm. I think, mm. for me amazing advice is there anything else that you'd like to just add on to this anything that you feel like someone should know something that I haven't asked you something you want to ask me do you want to ask me anything yeah I think I'd ask you um how welcoming do you think the industry has been to you oh wow as a young creative I think you know what I'm going to be honest I think as a young creative, I have been afforded some mate like the opportunity to connect with some like I mean outstanding like mentors, people that have really, 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 really like taken a chance on me, 
seen something in me and try to really nurture that people that have really gone out of the way to give me opportunities between yourself sherry collins tolly forinto shani mears um nadia for suggesting me to sherry do you know just a probably i probably missed out people scott balding who i first met when i was thinking about graphic design that stage there's so many people that have been really great to me um in terms of being welcomed when i go to like when i'm in advertising environments there's those people that have chats with me and really spare their time and have like do you know really got out of their way to like sit with me catch up with me stacia stacia akaba at and I can't remember where she's now. She's that big boy now. She's also somebody that catches up with me all the time. Lydia Ragavan. Like, so these are people that are genuinely looking out for me. People that go out of their way to email me and say, let me have coffee. So in that sense, there's lots of varied kind of people that that do have time for me. And I guess in that sense, the industry has been very welcoming. But I think there's still elements of very surface level coming for a chat. That's the end of as far as our relationship goes because I think I don't know I don't know things I don't really expect people to give me anything but I think I don't know how many people actually in term, in talking about diversity and wanting people from other backgrounds I don't know how many people actually try to really tap in to why it is that somebody like me where where I might be having issues and getting into the industry. Ruby, um, I'm sorry, I just want to mention a few more people like Ruby Curran. I feel like I'm mentioning people, I just want to mention people to say that they actually really got out of their way. <coughs> but yes, but I just wonder if there's people actually trying to tap into what issues I'm having and even giving me a reality check. It's not about necessarily saying, here's opportunities on the plate. I want people to be able to say, right, I'm really giving you my time. What issues are you having? Right, here's a reality check. This is why you're not making doing well on this stage. Make this maybe you should try this, try this, try it, and keep being relentless at it. I think it'll be it would be nice to know that people honestly want to <coughs> change how they advise advise young people coming into the industry because I think that's what we need. Like if you're somebody that hasn't known about advertising school and all those things and hasn't known about traditional routes, then what you're going to need, the nurturing you're going to need is going to be different. It's not so much like come in and show me your portfolio because even getting to the portfolio stage is like knowing how to harness my ideas and keeping the morale and, you know, knowing how, whether, like I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, when we were speaking, I said to you, I was a little bit confused about whether you need, is it that necessary to be in a creative partner? And it's like, you're telling me something, but other people are saying different things. And I know it's opinion based, but I think it's such a wishy-washy industry that it'd be nice it'd be nice if people really, if you're going to give advice, don't just do it for the sake of diversity and inclusion and because of what's been the chance. Actually sit down and commit to giving me the reality check that I need. I think that's what I would say. But I, but in general, the industry is very welcoming. Yeah, I would say the industry is very welcoming for me as a young person. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's lots of... and. It, that's just my experience. I think there's other young people that also I know of that are doing amazingly because they already have their skills, you know, they have their skills mm-hmm. like there, they know exactly what kind of creative they are and they're, they're able to create in a different way from me. So they're doing amazingly. So I think looking at them and looking at us young people as a whole, the industry I would say is doing well. Mm-hmm. That's That was just my slight criticism, but you know, no one's perfect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the industry as a whole is doing well and it's really good to me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, getting to know you now, yeah. and obviously watching you grow, which I do think you have done since I've known you. Yeah. Um, 
I would have said an internship at an agency would have been the best route for you because I think that there is a perception that that creative is just in the creative department but actually everybody in the ad agency is creative and I know that sounds cheesy but whether you're you know in the account handling whether you're in planning in Mm. strategy whether you're in the tv production department yeah you're all creative we're all creative people and actually what has always happened within internships in ad agencies is that you get a chance to work in all of the departments Mm. until you find the department that best suits your skills Mm. and and I think that would have been would be and still could be a really good route for you to go in but you know if I can just say about this whole thing as well of, of mentoring and and being you know mentee and mentor is that actually I think that no person especially I would say especially when we're people of colour should ever you know go throughout their career without a mentor yeah or a mentee yeah I mean the best thing for me has happened the best things in the last few years for me that's happened to me in my career is the fact that I have mentees Mm. because I've learned so much from the mentees yeah um we have a funny saying between a group of us which is that it's a helps b and it's a that gets all the all the great valuable stuff so mm. you know I get a lot from all the mentees that I work with because mm. they keep well keep it fresh really yeah. for me um and I think that's where we can make this work and that's where you know when I said I, I you know was shocked about the call out that Sherry made where she kind of said can we talk or can we find any of the black creative directors yeah. I kind of thought oh gosh I've not really been doing anything yeah. you know I haven't really said that have I I've not really told anybody what I really do I'm, I'm yeah. sort of a bit shy about it and yeah. I just think um, we can all help each other really yeah. and I do think it's not one it's, so it's not one sided when you know mm. when I speak to you I get loads from mm. you you know so that's yeah. good amazing so I feel like we came full circle there going back to how we met the, the call that Sherry made and stuff so I think in that has been a lot of actually amazing things. And I really like the question you asked me, actually. I mean, I think I got to share a little bit. Sometimes a bit nerve-wracking to share because, you know, it's like you're kind of giving up your secrets because, you know. But still, I think it's really good. Hopefully this reflects back to some people that listen and they can take a lot away from it. But thank you so much, Carol, for sitting down thank with me. Thank you, Anthea. No, no, thank you. Honestly, thank you so much. This has been an amazing chat. I think if I would listen to this, I'd be inspired. I'm always inspired by you, so, you know. Thanks. Thank you, thank you. Is there anywhere you'd want people to find you, like LinkedIn or Instagram, or do you want them to leave you alone? No, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Carol Davids. Um, (laughs) I think it's quite clear. I don't know um, who I am. Yes, I think you'll find me on LinkedIn. Carol Davids, and that's Carol with an E. Yeah. And David, the boy's name, David with an S on the end. Yeah. Awesome.